0: About 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about eight miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at ZionPBC.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website, which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. On May 27, 2023, A church constitution service was held at Zion Church for Blooming Grove Primitive Baptist Church in Lamar County, Alabama. On this date, a sweet group of saints who had been meeting as an independent Baptist church since 1860 decided they wanted to cast their lot in with us and become a primitive Baptist church. At the morning service, Elder Ricky Harcrow and Elder Ronald Lawrence preached. The sermon we are posting today is the sermon that was preached by Elder Ricky Harcrow entitled, the mystery of the gospel. Due to the length of the sermon, we will not include any singing today. Join us for this powerful sermon about how the mystery of the gospel has been fully revealed in New Testament times.
1: It's a pleasure for me to be here today. I've been coming to Zion longer than most of you have been born. Except me and Lorraine. (laughs) But the Spirit that is more than just an academic exercise has been hours to enjoy not only in days past but as you sung that old song, I was stirred and I was revived. While brother Tim was speaking here this morning, he mentioned the word mystery. And for some reason or another, it struck a chord with me, the word mystery. For the last 54 years, in my weak way, I've tried to serve Primitive Baptist people in my area of the country, and they have been so gracious to me to let me be with them, to have their fellowship, to eat at their table to wash their feet, and today, I want you to know that I am as satisfied with the church today as I was when I found it when I was a child, and that's a mystery to me in a world that changes and oscillates as we live in it today. There's an old song that says time has made a change in me. When I got married 50 years ago, Brother Ronald was there. He's about to preach. We go back a long, long way. Been in his home before he began to preach. And That's not the subject this morning, but I just want to tell you that's some of the experiences that Stay with us in changing times. That doesn't change. But Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3 and beginning with verse 8, notice to the terminology that he uses here. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Now I've never been able to get my mind around that. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given. And what is that grace that is given? That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now under the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Amen. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. As the apostle came to the Ephesian church, he didn't back away from the great fundamentals of the faith. And I'll not belabor you with all that because I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning, but that never gets old. The doctrine of God's free, eternal and particular election never gets old. Man told me one time, he said, Brother Ricky, he said, and I may have said it here, I don't believe God will drag a man off to heaven kicking and screaming whether he wants to go or not. I said, Well, we don't believe that either. But what we do believe is that God makes his people willing in the day of his power. And that principle has not changed. Then he talks about the adoption and the election, the wisdom and the prudence, and the glory of God, and that we should be to the praise who first trusted in Christ. Who is it that first trusted in Christ? Is it you? You know better than that. But i affirm to you today that in no uncertain terms that I believed 54 years ago and believe today that it was God that first trusted in Christ. He didn't offer himself to you to trust in him. But he offered himself to God as a complete sacrifice for sin. And God was so satisfied that he never required another sacrifice for sin. And all of that was according to the working of His mighty power, according to verse 19 of chapter one. And then He begins with the quickening, and you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sin, wherein in time past ye walked according to this, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we, speaker included, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Paul includes himself in that statement. And then he says, "But God, don't you like that?" Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love for we the us. But then, after establishing those great fundamental principles, he says, "For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. He uses that same terminology almost again in chapter four, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. And I affirm to you today that just as Paul was a prisoner of Jesus Christ for the Gentile nations who were heretofore not subject to the gospel address, But now a new order has been established. Something far greater. Something far more superior. Even though the prophets had prophesied of it. And Abraham by faith to some degree saw it. We today live in the reality of it. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You know what the word unsearchable means? It means you can't trace it. Right. Search it out. Check me out. You can Google it and find out. We used to have to look it up. Now, we don't have eyes good enough to look in the strongest Concord. Yes. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul said in Romans eleven twenty eight. all oh, the depth and the riches, both of the knowledge and the wisdom of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who had known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who is able to recompense to him again? Here is Paul's message unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what is the fellowship. You know what the word fellowship means? It means you have something in common. We're here this morning because we have a fellowship that goes beyond what you can explain. I wished I could do that for you. You know my mother, bless her heart, uh, she lived five six years after dad died and one day I was visiting with her and some of you knew my dad and she said, Ricky, where is Jack? I said, Mama, I said, Daddy's been dead nearly six years. She said, that explains a lot. <laughs> Well, what I'm trying to say to you is here that Paul here was commissioned to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. He is explaining now something that has been kept secret since the world began, to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent, now what's the reason for it? This was God's intent. To the intent that now. Brother Ronald, if I know what the word now means, it means now, doesn't it? It means right now. Not some other time, the time element involved is now to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, Brother Lonnie. Might be known by the church. The church didn't have to make it known, but it was known by the church. Don't turn it around. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. You know what the word manifold means? It means it starts at many points and comes to one point or either comes from one point and goes to many points. That's the manifold, that's what he's talking about. The manifold wisdom of God. And this was in agreement with, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, I want you to understand today that every time the gospel is preached, it's in accordance with God's word. It's in accordance with the things that God hath purposed in Christ. It is according to the eternal purpose of God. But in other ages, it was not known like it is today. We're blessed with something that even John the Baptist didn't know anything about. We're blessed with something today uh, that the prophets of old looked into. They saw it to some degree, but today in this reality, And when the church was established on the banks of the Jordan River as our brother uh, began uh, to talk and in its infant form, it began to grow and the gospel itself began to be spread. Uh, There is something about that that is so mysterious and so above our finite minds that we cannot put all the pieces of that uh, puzzle together. Listen to me in Romans chapter 16 and we'll begin uh, with about verse 24. Listen to the terminology that he reads now. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all, amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. But now, there it is again, but now is made manifest. You know what the word manifest means? Openly declared, openly seen. Never before uh, had uh, men understood it like they do now but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to the only wise, to God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Go with me to Colossians when he says this and notice the terminology of the text. He says, whereof I'm made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Listen now, what is it? Even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. Listen, brother, I want to tell you today of the gospel message of of election, of of preservation, of effectual calling, all of those fundamentals, you don't read about them in depth in the Old Testament, but right today we have them in a reality uh, in their depth and in their revelation like they've never been before, amen. Yes, sir. I'll tell you, I like it. It's a new order. Now, the law was good for what God gave it for, but it couldn't take away sin, could it? <laughs> the law was good for what God gave it for. But with the sacrifices and offerings that they offered, they could never take away sin. There was no good news in it. Why? Because it demanded complete unwavering and total perfection. And they couldn't meet it. But I want to tell you one thing. You listen to Hebrews 9 and 26. Yeah. Hebrews 9 and 26, Paul says this, that Christ hath appeared once. Amen. In where? In the end of the world. Yeah. The end of the age, the end of that mosaical economy. In the end of that age, Jesus Christ made a real, physical, historical appearance. As a man born in Bethlehem of Judea, born not one minute sooner or one minute later than God had ordained in his eternal purpose before the world began. And there, this real, physical Jesus made his appearance. And not only did Jesus teach, but I want to tell you, Jesus preached. Yeah, yeah, right. you hear me? Yeah, he preached and he taught. Amen. In the synagogues. I, I'll not belabor you with that, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. He preached and he taught. Right. I, I said this before, and I say it again. There's a difference in preaching and teaching. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. Now all, all preaching is teaching, but not all teaching is preaching. Now, if you want to talk about that, we'll do that dinner time, all right? I'm telling you right now, brother, that uh, there are men who have the gift to teach. If you'll listen at them, what a wonderful experience that'll be. There are others that have the gift uh, to preach in such a manner and everybody doesn't preach alike. Everybody uh, doesn't carry themselves alike and thank God for that today because God uses those gifts for the promotion of his kingdom. God uses those gifts. Now, Paul began to preach. He never lost sight of the experience that he had, did he? Never did he, wherever he went, he never lost sight of that experience. Talked about it. Oh, they that journeyed with me, he said, they indeed saw the light, but heard not the voice that spake unto me. I'll tell you, that's how God works, isn't it? He can shine a light, but I'm gonna tell you, he can speak to you individually. And he does do that individually. Individually and personally, God does that. He did it in the Old Testament. He did it by Abraham, to Abraham, he did it to Jacob. He did it about to, to and for all those others. God's never had but one way of doing business. He doesn't have one way for the infant and another for the adult. Takes the same grace to save the infant that it does the adult. Amen. Yeah. Same one. You think that little fella, do you know what? I've got a new grandbaby. amen. amen. I got the right name, hadn't it? That's, right. That's right. That's right. You know, that baby, he is the most selfish person I know. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? He'll wake you up in the middle of the night And say I'm wet all over, and won't think one thing about it. I mean, he don't care if he interrupts your sleep and He is selfish. He really is. And you know the reason for that? He's got a nature about him. And if you think there's some light at the end of the tunnel, brother, it's not. Somebody said I ain't got no problem. Listen, you need some kids. Amen. You, you you got you just need some kids. That's just all there are to it. <laughs> what I'm trying to say to you is uh, today that in this world that is no friend to grace. In this world where so often we are so prone to wonder, uh, these children that are growing up need to understand the truth of the gospel. Amen. And that's the reason that I'm not, uh, I know at the longest point, you know, at the longest point, my days are getting short, I understand that. But I'm telling you today that I believe I love the gospel today more than I ever have. I love to preach and hear preaching more than I ever have. Because there's a new order that's been established, not like Abraham knew, not like John the Baptist knew, uh, but a new order. We meet at Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19, and the Bible establishes this. Remember, Jesus now just dealt uh, with a man that had come to him inquiring about how he might get eternal life. You know, I've heard that poor boy sent to hell more times than I can count on my fingers and toes. Do you know what he said about that boy? Beholding him, he loved him. I want to tell you, if he went to hell, he went to hell embraced in the love of God, didn't he? That's right. I want to tell you something, just as this young man couldn't put it all together, these disciples couldn't put it all together either. They had a hard time. They had a difficult time. They have a difficult time believing that even Jesus uh, was one with the Father. I want to tell you, when our Lord... Left the purity of heaven and was born in in and he was born in uh, Bethlehem of Judea. He never surrendered his oneness with the Father, right. and when he left this world and went back to where he came from, he never surrendered his humanity. Amen. There is a man in heaven right now that makes intercession for you. There is a man in heaven. There is one mediator between God and man. Who is it? The man. That's the reason he can be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. Because there's a man in heaven right now. Now they didn't hear much about that over in the Old Testament. Didn't hear much about it. All oh, they understood about his coming. They understood about uh, some degree of faith. They understood to some degree uh, about uh, the doctrines uh, that would be preached. but when Jesus began to deal with this young man who came inquiring about eternal life and, and went away sorrowfully, the Bible says in chapter 20, uh, chapter 19, verse 25, when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. You remember when Jesus is going about his Ministry, and he's coming down now to John chapter 14, and he begins to talk about his going away, and I think that's what he's talking about. I believe he's talking about going back to heaven. But you know one of the questions that Philip asked him? Lord, if you'll just show us the Father, if you'll just show us the Father, it sufficeth us. That's all we'll need. Jesus said, Philip, have I so long been with you? Have I so long been with you? And you say, show me the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What a glorious statement, but they couldn't understand it. They couldn't put it together. And now a new order was being established. The disciples heard it and they were exceedingly amazed and then they said, who can be saved? Who then can be saved? Who then can be saved? You ever heard anybody ask that question? Yeah. Who then can be saved? I want to tell you right now, my friend, when you hear a person ask, what can I do to be saved? You rest sure he's already saved. <laughs> true, it's already happened. Yeah. That explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Y'all remember that, what I said? It took me a long time to get to that, didn't it? That explains a lot. What I'm saying to you today, my friends, is that all whom God ordained to be saved shall be saved. Without the exception, the loss of one, God who ordained that salvation, uh, embodied in that work, was the effectual work to bring that to a final conclusion. There was power to perform a designed end. Then Peter answered and said unto him, behold, we have forsaken all. We've left it all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? I've kinda had to change my tune way I've looked at that statement. What shall we have? Therefore, now I recognize the world says when you come to the church, you folks that have been baptized about the Constitution, when somebody comes and inquires, they're going to say, well, what's in it for me? (laughs) (laughs) What's in it for me? I'll tell you what's in it for you. Some suffering. Everything's not pleasant. Oh, today we're having a big day. (laughs) Today everything is good. I want to tell you, my friend, today, we talked about it a while ago, when the sons of God met together over in the book of Job, the devil was right there. And I'll tell you, he's like a roaring lion. He's still still going about to and fro in the earth, singing whom he may devour. Oh, he can devour uh, them in a timely or manifest sense. He does not have the power nor the authority to destroy one in an eternal sense. You see, Jesus Christ is that one sacrifice that is superior to all of Satan, that is superior to all men, and is superior to your will and mine. You hear that? All right, now let me hurry along. The Bible says we've forsaken all to follow thee. What should we have there? What kind of authority are we gonna have? You've got authority to save. You've got authority uh, to do what needs to be done. Now, now, what kind of authority will we have? Listen now to what he says. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me. Now, won't you get this? going to be the most important thing I say this morning. Ye which have followed me in the regeneration. You hear that? Now normally we'd say regeneration is synonymous with new birth, well in general that's true, but it's not that way here. You that have followed me in the regeneration, you that have followed me in the new order. Here, new order. Something new has been established now. And you that have followed me in that order are gonna have this authority. And he tells you what it is. When the son of man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And we still have their judgment today, don't we? In these 66 books, right here. That was their authority. And we have this authority. Let me tell you something today no church has the authority to do as it pleases. The church must do what the scripture commands. Because here is the authority. They'll sign a declaration after a while that we believe uh, that uh, the uh, scriptures of the Old and the New Testament are the inspired Word of God and the only rule of faith and practice. That's what we believe about it. Now he says this How do we get it? Because we have their authority. We're their authority. Ye also shall sit upon 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel and every one that hath forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold. You know, when I was going to school, if I got a hundred, that's the best I could do. (laughs) And I'll tell you right now, (laughs) when you've done these things... That he's commanded here and those that followed him. He said, you'll have this blessing. You'll have mothers and fathers you didn't know you had. You'll have brothers and sisters you didn't know you had. You'll have uh, blessings that you didn't know existed. And he says, that'll be a hundredfold the best you can do. And on top of that, shall inherit everlasting life. (laughs) I'll tell you right now, that cap's a stack, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Somebody said, well, if I'll do that, it takes me doing this to get eternal life. No, you've got eternal life. That's the reason you're doing this. Turn it around around, right. Right, Okay. What a blessing that is today. That was a mystery. It's still a mystery today. But I'll tell you right now, the gospel, the gospel that brings this to light is ours to enjoy today. Old brother Paul came and he began to preach and here's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 17. But Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are being saved, no, that's not what it says, but unto us which are saved, you can say the English language means something unto us which are saved is the power of God Amen. it's the wisdom of God even though it's a mystery I'll tell you right today it's a glorious mystery something superior to what we have known and as Paul began to preach oh he could have, he could have gotten by fairly well he hadn't preached about the resurrection of the dead yeah he did he could have gotten by pretty good But you know what he said of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. Am I called in question this day? That's where he got his question. Then he comes down to that great ending of that great resurrection chapter. To make a long story short, here it is. But thanks be unto God who offers us the victory. (laughs) Offers us the victory. Who offers us the victory? No. Thanks be unto God. Behold, I'll show you a mystery. It was a mystery to him. What he said was a mystery. And he comes down, he said, thanks be unto God who giveth uh, us the victory through me and the Lord, through me and the Sunday school, through me and the preaching of the gospel. No, thanks be unto God uh, who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there's the avenue That's what he's saying there. Now, I'm going to use a term I've touched on. And I'll close, Brother Ronald. Somebody said, the reason, Brother Ricky, I don't believe in election is it cuts too many people out. I want to tell you, my friend, election doesn't cut anybody out. That's what cuts you in. That's what cuts you in. Now, you couldn't understand it much <laughs> back under the old covenant. Those old men, they understood it and they had some light, but now a mystery has been revealed that was kept secret. Now it's manifest uh, in a way that it's never been manifested before. And Paul said unto me, who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ to the intent that God's purpose might be revealed because of the purpose that God set in motion before the world began. And today, I'm thankful today to stand up here and tell you that the gospel is what some men call, you know, they wrote a book one time, said it's good news for modern man. (laughs) It may be good news for modern man, it's bad news for sinners, amen? (laughs) Because you know what they say? If you'll do your part, God will do his. I got a better story for you than that. <laughs> I got a better story for you than that. And that is that the Lord did what God had ordained him to do. He came to an hour that he could not pass, and Paul began to preach it like it never been preached before, and in a wonderful way. They that followed him in the regeneration or that new order, we have their judgment, we have their revelation, we have their manifestation today. Glory be to God uh, in the highest, and I feel today I feel, now he's going to preach about something else, and I didn't know I was going to preach, but I, but you know what? I'm glad I did. Run line, I did, you know I like this mystery business. I'm glad he talked about it. it. It rung a bell in me. Uh, that's the truth. And I tell you today uh, that when my bell gets rung, I want everybody to get rung. I want everybody to get rung. I think it ought to ring your bell. When I go back uh, home, when I go back to the DeKalb County Monday morning, no, Monday's holiday. It's Memorial Day, Tuesday morning. When I go back to the courthouse, they're going to say, where you been? Some of those girls said, uh, don't ask him. I know where he's been. <laughs> yeah. They know where I've been. You know the reason I'm going? You know the reason I'm here today? Oh, brother, I didn't want to preach. I didn't, and I'm didn't. i glad I did. but, I, but I, I didn't want to preach, didn't think anything about it. But I want to tell you one thing. I came to hear something. Yeah. I came to hear this man and this man, who's my friends and these men, uh, who've given themselves. And I want to charge you as the church and the churches that are represented here today to stay the course. Amen. Yeah. I've not got any patience with wishy-washy old Baptists, just any which way the wind blows. If you're not satisfied with us, go somewhere else. Leave us alone. I'll tell you right now, the gospel's good. It's an instructor. It's given by inspiration of God, and unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should be able to preach among the old Baptists. (laughs)